Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 325, the 2021 Unicoi Custom Turkey Call Maker Recap, and I am your co-host and the guy who has half of a big announcement to make today. And I'm your co-host and the guy who has the other half of your big announcement today. So <laughs> you ha- you also have another big announcement. You're an uncle once again effective yeah, I got, this morning. I got a bunch of nieces all of a sudden. So my brother Thomas just hatched out another one. So we got, I guess that's niece number five. And I have one nephew. I think that's right. So we're, my uh, older siblings are producing them out pretty quick. You got Jennies all over the place in your family, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, one Jake and a bunch of Jennies rom- romping around. That's good, though. Congratulations, yeah, man. It is good. I think everything went well, so that that's good. I'm, I'm glad it went well for them. That's awesome. Something, yeah. Something special about those nieces and nephews. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool, but that's not... The big announcement that we have for this week's episode, is it? It is not. 
the big announcement that we have for this week's episode is not, not coming just yet. So there's Ooh. a story before the announcement comes. Oh, story time with Andy. Story time with Andy. <laughs> Try to stay awake, everybody. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so most of you guys know that not this past week, but the week before, I was in Helen, Georgia for the Unicoi Callmaker Show, which obviously is the basis for today's episode. And what you guys may not know if you're not a premium subscriber is that, well, we got hosed. We, we got, got hosed by Podbean. Oh, yeah. And it really ticked me off in a big way. So Podbean changed the formatting of their website and the process to upload a premium podcast. Yep. So and created a new fake currency <laughs> it's just all kind of crazy stuff with no warning to their hosts at zero all. not even a brief mention on their website about it yeah no just all of a sudden everything's new yeah <laughs> and their currency that they created is not nearly as good as bitcoin whatever that yeah. is well you and never know man Maybe magic golden beans yeah. will, will soar to 30,000 next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they, they call their currency that they created magic beans. No, golden beans. Yeah. Golden beans. So if you wanted to subscribe to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast, you had to leave their website, buy golden beans, $18 worth of golden beans, return to the website, and exchange your $18 worth of golden beans for a premium content subscription to the Turkey Hunter podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I do know that when someone's trying to give you money, you don't make it harder for them to give you money. Podbean. Yeah, exactly. And also, they wanted to take more of a cut from us. Yes, they did. A pretty significant cut. So all that to say, they really tried to hose us for sure. They did. And it it caused us about a three-day delay in getting that premium episode posted. Yeah. And a lot of headache. Quite a few emails exchanged with Podbean. Well, yeah. what? It was four days later, five days later, miraculously, it was fixed. Yeah. Yeah, you know, luckily they don't have any customer service phone number that you can call in a time like that. You have to email them, Yeah, which takes days and days. It, it just, if you can't tell, we're frustrated. <laughs> frustrated, and also it was eye-opening in the respect that it was that realization that I know that a lot of people who conduct business online and have their customers buy products from them using PayPal. It's something that I have heard them complain about, and it's really a horror story. And that is when someone else is processing your funds, you obviously lose control of those funds. And yep. for Cameron and I, what we discovered the hard way is that when we had to use a third party to host the podcasting of the show or the to host our show and collect our funds, 
there's also a fourth party involved that actually processes the credit card payments. Well, hey, we're cool with them, but our third party, our hosting service, Podbean, are the ones that basically made the realization for us that we needed to rethink what we were doing because we can't have a third party dictating to us just overnight what seemed to us to be on a whim how much we could make and how we were going to make that and we can't have anyone making it harder because this podcast takes a lot of time it takes a lot of effort in case you can't tell Cameron's on the road right now driving home from work yep and so it's not a short drive he today was a travel day for work so you know we squeeze this in when i'm through recording today i have no joke about four hours worth of work left to do so you know we're taking away from our jobs and our families to do this because we love it we Absolutely. absolutely love it but we can't have anyone making this any more difficult on us and that's what podbean did a couple of weeks ago so yeah but for you the listeners this is going to be a good thing (laughs) exactly this is a very good thing for you guys because we're going back in time we're going back to march of 2017 which is the month before i flipped the switch on the show and went to selling premium subscriptions we're going back to an all free turkey hunter podcast format you guys get we are so. the entire episode for free so yep. this no is no more paying nothing all the episodes will be free there'll be one episode posted in its entirety for all to listen yeah this is a big deal so you've heard us say countless times how little bit of money 18 dollars a year is and it is but we decided to make this change because we cannot have Podbean controlling how we are operating this podcast and how we're putting this content out for you guys any more than they already have control over. So we, in order to make this work, we are bringing on sponsors. Yep. We have one sponsor already lined up. I'm not going to mention a name yet because there's been no money change hands. There's been no contract signed. But I'm going to say this, the sponsor is waiting on me to get a contract to him and for me to tell him where to send money to. So as soon as we get that done, and I'm very hopeful we'll be able to make that announcement next week. But as soon as we get that done, we'll have our first sponsor and there might be a second sponsor announcement in the the same week. So that's what we're hoping for. And we're expecting... We're giving everybody these episodes for free now, so we are expecting and hopeful that you will support our sponsors. That's how we're going to be doing the show now. So you wanted it to be free? Well, go get these products or whatever from the sponsors that we are going to bring to you. Correct. If you do not support these companies who are sponsoring the show, then they're going to go away, and we'll have to find other sponsors, and hopefully we can do that because... You know, we need to be showing these sponsors that they're getting results from the shows. And I'll say this, you know, we have amazing listeners because anytime we've had a guest on this show who had a, I'm not going to say a product to push because what they're pushing when they come on this show 
is knowledge. Yeah. But the ones that have come on who do have products to sell, you guys listening have been extremely supportive and you've been awesome in letting them know when you buy from them that you heard about them on the Turkey Hunter podcast. And Cameron and I are extremely gracious for you guys. Yeah. And before we go any further, we do want to mention if you currently are a premium subscriber, we will be working on getting refunds to you guys as soon as possible. But, you know, give us some time because it's a lot of folks. So it's going to take a little while to get all this figured out. But we are planning to refund money for the months that you did not get episodes. Correct. So some sort of prorated refund will be coming back to the premium subscribers. But again, just like Cameron said, be patient with us. So we're trying to figure out how to handle this refund process and how to, or I should say how much money to send back to you guys. You will not be getting less than what you're owed on a prorated basis. What you're owed. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a slight chance that you might get a little bit more, but we'll, we're still in the talks on that. He and I are and trying to figure out how to best handle these refunds without it costing us any more money Yeah, because it costs us money to refund you guys money. That's right. So it is going to be a process, but we'll work it out. We're excited to bring it back to a free show. If you know anybody who quit listening to us because it wasn't free anymore, tell them to come on back because they'll get a whole show these days. So we're expecting y'all to support our sponsors. Hopefully be patient with us on getting your refunds. And we look forward to bringing you a bunch of great episodes like the one we have today. Yeah, we've got some great guests lined up. So you're going to enjoy getting this content for free again and getting to listen to the entire episode if you've been out of it for a while. So I'm pumped. Me too, man. I think it's going to be a good thing for us, and I'm excited about it. Yeah. I think it's going to be a little bit of a headache while we're getting it all set up and everything for me and you, but once we get rolling with it, it's going to be a good thing. And we've got to get these refunds handled within the next 58 days, 12 hours, 46 minutes, and 33 seconds because I plan on being dressed in camouflage and very, very hard to find after that. Yeah, and, you know, before that, it's only going to be 22 days, 15 hours, and 26 minutes before you and I will be whacking a gobbler in Utah. Yes, but then sir. we'll have some downturn to start sending refunds again. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, we got to have them back for everybody because, hey, you know, they may need a couple new diaphragm calls. And when you get your eight, 18 bucks back, you get you a couple new ones. Absolutely. Or a box of shells, maybe, if you're not shooting tungsten. If you're shooting tungsten, you can get a shell. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So. Speaking of diaphragm calls, there were quite a few of them laying on tables in Unicoi. Yeah, man, I'm sad I missed Unicoi. I, I bet it was awesome. It was awesome. It always is. But I tell you, I, you know, I was expecting fewer exhibitors, fewer call makers there. Yeah. But I guess in my head, I really wasn't expecting a fourth or maybe a third of the number that there normally is. But... The ones that were there are awesome call makers. And, you know, I heard quite a few of them tell me that even though there were fewer people to come through the door as buyers, they sold more calls this year than they've ever sold. It's like everyone that came through there had money to burn 
and yeah. wanted turkey collars. And yeah. so some of those guys were pretty pumped up. They'd had their best year ever up there. Well, heck yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad the, the ones who braved the storm got rewarded for it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always a good time. I'm telling you, man, it's, it's like, it's, it's like being in turkey camp with 400 people. Yeah. That's the best. It was awesome. Well, heck, quit telling me about it. Why don't we go in and listen to some of the folks you talked to? Yeah, let's let's play the first interview. So the first person I interviewed is Billy McAllister with Natural Addiction Custom Calls. And Billy makes all kinds of calls. He makes trumpets. He makes pot and peg. I mean, he, he makes all sorts of calls. And so... Let's listen to this interview with Billy. If you guys want to pick up a great call, I highly recommend finding Billy online. And I'll probably, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put the people that I interviewed on this show, I'm going to put their contact information in our show notes this week. So pull that up and contact these guys and let them know that you heard about them on the turkey hunter podcast i'm telling you support these guys these are craftsmen i'm i'm holding one of billy's trumpets in my hand and when we come back from the interview i'm going to play this thing but this call is just so well put together it's amazing so i'm going to shut up let's listen to billy and we'll see you guys on the other side Hey everybody, I am standing here at the Unicoi Custom Turkey Call Maker Show with one of the best and you know they're all good in there but I've, I've wrangled one of the best ones out of there and I'm standing here with Billy McAllister with uh, Natural Addiction Custom Calls and so I'm just going to pick Billy's brain basically. The Billy's been making calls for a while um but billy tell us a little bit about yourself when you started making okay. calls and kind of well, tell us where you're from yeah and just tell us what how'd you get into all of this okay. so. i can do that uh i'm from sylvania georgia and i started back in 1999 i decided i want to be a competition caller i thought and um, so I started building diaphragms and my old buddy Kerry Terrell, he uh, sat down with me and taught me how to make them and at that time there really wasn't no store-bought jigs you could get so you had to hand make them. So he had made his jig and I had sort of copied it because he allowed me to and he's like, well go make one. So I went to a machine shop and had it all milled out and I made the diaphragm jig. So for years I just made diaphragms and I got on stage and called, you know, in competitions but then I realized, you know, the more people, the less air. So after a while, it got to a situation where I was like, I don't know if I got enough air to be up here. So, you know, it was just a little nerve wracking, uh, but I ended up doing pretty good. And uh, so then I decided that, you know, I'd start making some friction calls. And I started out with actually making a few box calls. And then uh, I got to turning uh, some tube calls and then I got to turning some pop calls. And then after that, I got to turning some uh, trumpets and you know I've made scratch boxes short boxes long boxes I mean I've made all kinds of stuff over the years but it's just been a passion I mean I don't do it I do it because it's you know it's a hobby I love and and I just enjoy and just enjoy making turkey calls and turkey hunting is there any kind of call you don't make or haven't made uh not that I can say the only thing I can say that I really haven't ever made and attempted is maybe a push pin call okay but besides that I mean every other call I've pretty much you know made and and yeah. experimented with because you know I just love turkey calls yeah 
What is, and you got quite the selection on on your table over there in, inside the show. What really is there anything that you're not making currently that you kind of have stepped back from? Uh, is it diaphragms? No, uh, no, I still make diaphragms. Okay. Um, the thing that my buddy Larry Stevens, you know, he's sort of my partner in crime and we travel a lot together and he's into making box calls so yeah. you know with the trumpets and the pot calls and the diaphragms keeps me really busy so he loved to make the box calls so I was like well, why don't you just you know we'll hang out and do our thing and go to shows and uh, yeah. that way he can you know have his box calls there so I sort of veered away from it if somebody asked me to make them one I usually will but right. I tried to give that part of it you know so he could have it and I mean then, you know, that's his thing and he makes scratch boxes now and uh, there's enough to keep us both busy. Oh, yeah. Well, there's no doubt about it. You come to a place like this, and, you know, with COVID, you and I were talking about it. With COVID, the turnout is not anything like it has been in the past. That's right. But there is there is a lot of interest That's in, right. in the people coming through here. They're spending money. They come yes, here sir. to buy turkey calls. Exactly. And that's one of the great things about this yes. show. Yes, know, sir, it is. diehards in here. Yeah, and at the end of the day, everybody sits around. The show just don't end. I mean, you sit at the fireplace and, you know, get with your favorite custom call maker and, you know, have a conversation and learn a few things and, you know, learn different tricks and, you know, stuff to, you know, actually call and be a better caller. Uh, your competition callers are really good, but your call makers oh are some of the best God. callers in yeah. the world because, you know, instead of competing in the competition as far as yelping and cutting and this and that, I mean, we're building the calls and, you know, we try to make sure that our calls can do all them, all them things and more. So, yeah. you know, with that said, you know, some of your best callers are custom call makers. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, it's, they are exposed to calls. All the time. Yes, exactly. And, you know, I, I asked somebody, I can't remember exactly who it was, but it was one of these you know, really good competition callers. Yes. I said, how much practicing do you do? Oh. <laughs> well, I spend, you know, three hours a day, five, six days a week, yes. you know, and, and I'm constantly just working on it. Yes. But the majority of them are working on, if it's, if they're competing for diaphragm, yes, you know it's that's what they're that's right. That's what they're working on. Yes, whereas somebody like you, yeah, we can run multiple calls. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So you got that ear, and and know this call sounds good. You know this this box call sounds good, and this pot and peg call sounds yes, good. Yes, sir. And that, so you're just running through them all. Yes, sir. And, you know, I mean that's so, yeah. You're dead on that. Yeah. Well, I I enjoy calling. I mean. Like I said, I got into this to, you know, kill turkeys. I got into this because, you know, some of us wasn't brought up with the most money in the world. And I said, you know, I couldn't afford all these custom calls, so I decided to build them. And I try to stay pretty reasonable in my costs because of people like me yeah. that, you know, wants to go and enjoy the outdoors and killing a turkey with a good custom turkey call. I mean, to me, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, you know, for me. Yeah. Is, you know, success in the woods and success with people's, you know, being happy and <laughs> having a good time. Yeah. What is your favorite type of call to run, and then what's your favorite type of call to make? Okay, my favorite type of call to run, I have to be honest with you, is the diaphragm. Okay. I mean, I've, you know, to me, I use all my calls in the woods, but yeah. start to finish, most of the time, I kill 95% of my turkeys with a diaphragm. Yeah. The call I enjoy to make the most is the trumpet, because, you know, it's a suction call, you know, and it, you know, it's just, to me, it's a piece of art. 
It is. And it's a functional piece of art. Yeah. So I enjoy it because it's just something I'm proud of. Yeah. Well, you're wearing a beautiful piece of art right now. Yes. That sir. trumpet call. And I know you, that you didn't think I was going to ask you to call. Okay. But well, I, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> You've done that once or twice. A couple times. A couple. Yes, sir. So today was a, that was the second, second time. Yes, sir. Right, that's pretty time. good. Yeah, that's well, pretty thank good. You. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell us if somebody wants to see some of your calls. Are you on Facebook? Yeah, and I have a page, Natural Addiction Custom Calls, and you can call me or reach out to me, text me. Cause sometimes service ain't good. My phone number is nine one two five four seven one seven nine four. And uh, even if I don't have what you want, I can put you in the right direction to some of these other fine call makers that may have what you need. So uh, it's all pretty much a brotherhood. And, it is. And, you know, we all still try to look out for each other, too. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is a very true statement. And it, it shows out here when, you know, to, to come to this show and all you guys are walking around and chatting with each other. Yes, and that's right. You know, I, I see some money changing hands between some of you yeah, call makers oh yeah, too. I mean, we enjoy their calls as much as our calls because, I mean, I collect and I got calls from pretty much all these guys that's here and I still want more calls. I mean, because to me, it's just, it's an art. It's a handcrafted yeah. art and it's functional and it kills turkeys. I mean, I don't know what better place or what better product you could have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, man, I appreciate you stepping away from your booth in there for a few minutes yes, to chat sir. with me. And, you know, I, I really recommend you guys go and check out some of Billy's calls. Go to his Facebook page and, and just look at the craftsmanship on these calls. And, you know, there's probably a, a video or a sound file or yeah, two sure. on there that you can see some of the calls that he's made, see him run them and listen to the sound that they make and they're they're pretty impressive and i uh, i'm going to hold his ear so he doesn't hear me say this but i think if you were to get one or two or ten of his calls today at some point in time you're going to be very happy that you did and i don't mean just when you're standing over a dead turkey looking at it i mean like years down the line you're going to be glad that you got one of these because this this guy's pretty darn good at what he does so Thank you for taking time out and doing this, and good luck to you this season, man. Yes, we sir, thank just, I mean, like 70 days out. And I can't wait. Losing sleep already. I know it. Me too. Me too. <laughs> yes. All right, buddy. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Let me step away from the microphone. Hang on just a second here. That sounds sounded good right there. kill a turkey with that i am stoked about this call i cannot Man, wait it's got good rasp to it i like that it, a lot it really does that is a fantastic sounding trumpet nice is it like a three piece it is it is cool. a well 
I can't remember what he made the mouthpiece out of, but then there's a rifle shell holding the mouthpiece to the, a rifle cartridge holding the mouthpiece to the trumpet itself. And then the trumpet yeah. is, is, I believe the woods Cocobolo. Oh man. Yeah. So it's uh, I believe is that a Turpin Yelper? Is that what that's styled after? Yeah. Cocobolo is the Turpin specialty. Yep. And man, I, I mean, that thing, if I can make a trumpet sound that good, that's a good sound of trumpet. <laughs> hey, you've, well, you've gotten better at the trumpet, I'll, I'll say. I've heard you make turkeys gobble with it, so I have faith in your trumpeting now, but that one sounds really good. It's got yeah. more, I guess, natural hen sound to it than a lot of the other ones I've heard. Yeah, and I do like the rasp in that thing. It's Yeah, that's what it. That's what I caught on to, because it's hard to get rasp out of a trumpet. Sometimes it's a little too clear. Yeah, so I, I love that call, and Billy's got them, so... If you guys are looking for a great trumpet, then definitely really a great call, period. Billy's, you know, a young guy, been making calls for several years, but he's starting to really, really make some waves in the call-making world. And so he also makes diaphragms. So, you know, definitely check Billy out. Natural Addiction Custom Calls and just a heck of a, I mean, just heck of a nice guy. Yeah, I've yet to meet a rear-end at that show yeah it sounds like that's just where all the good old boys go you know so the next interview that i did is actually with a call collector and this gentleman's name is sean irish and sean had quite a few really nice collectible callers at the show and so i wanted to grab sean and let him grab a few calls and i hate that you guys couldn't see these calls some of them are really cool looking but I got him to grab those calls and sit down with me for a few minutes and let him run some of those callers for us. And so here's the interview with Sean and you guys listening to this. I think you're going to like it and I'll catch you on the other side. Sounds good. Hey guys, I'm here at Unicoi still and I've wrestled away Sean Irish from the show. Sean has a table over here and he's got, well, some stuff that I find pretty interesting, and I think you guys will as well. So Sean is, instead of the guy making all the calls in here, Sean's the guy buying all the calls in this place. He is a call collector and obviously a hunter as well, and so I just wanted to get Sean out here and just chat with him for a few minutes a little bit about his collection and get us a, I got him to grab a few calls off of this table and we're going to talk a little bit about those calls and get him to run those too. But I, I was just looking at his collection and, you know, people kept telling me, hey, you got to go interview Sean. You got to go interview Sean. So here we are. So Sean, tell everybody where you're from, kind of how you got into just collecting turkey callers. Well, I'm from Cheryl's Ford, North Carolina. That's where I live. It's a little community above Charlotte. But my interest an old turkey call started probably in the early 80s when I moved to Pineville, North Carolina. Uh, I met uh, several gentlemen. I'd hunted turkeys before in the low part of South Carolina and uh, you know just like any other person I started with a lynch box and the first turkeys I killed were with a smooth bore 1100 
with dove loads. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and that was in the low part of South Carolina. And but then I got a job opportunity, so I moved to North Carolina, and I moved to Pineville, North Carolina, and I was very fortunate to meet some of the local guys there, and there happened to be several really good turkey hunters there, as well as call makers. Uh, Elmer Thomas was a mentor for many of the younger guys that uh, hunted turkeys, and you could never find Elmer without a turkey call in his mouth or his pocket. And, you know, he instilled us, instilled in us about hunting turkeys. And then another pretty famous call maker was Mike Batty. And Mike lived in Pineville and had a pretty big collection, but Mike was known for making pot calls that everyone used. He sold them to all the big players and he helped develop a lot of what's traditionally now the pot call. Mm. He was the, the call doctor as we call him. And also there was in our community was Parker Whedon. Parker was one of the leading people to get wildlife biologists in our state of North Carolina strictly for turkey management and helped get the turkey management on on point to kind of manage turkeys so and there was another man named Ray Sutphin who was known for his calls and also another man in Belmont North Carolina named Roy Stowe and Roy was a very prominent turkey call maker and a excellent turkey caller Mm -hmm. so I was very fortunate to live around these four or five gentlemen that kind of took me and several of the other guys under their wing but I was always fascinated with the folk art part of uh, old turkey calls you know people during the depression and all that used anything and everything to provide food for their family and some of their ingenuity to find and create things that would make a turkey call Yeah. so I mean it's the list goes on and on. Sewing bobbins, a uh, piece of slate off our roof, mm-hmm. piece of tin off the barn. So it was always fascinating to some of the stuff they came up with to, to help provide food for their families during those times. So yeah. got really interested in the folk art. You know, turkeys are only native to us, North America. Mm-hmm. They're not found any other place other than New Zealand. I think we put them there. Yep. So I think they're native to, to us. And, you know, there was consideration of them being our national symbol at yep. one time. Yep. So Thank uh, God that didn't happen. Yeah, thank God we'll that be out here for the uh, wild turkey calling. Yeah, we couldn't shoot any. Show. They'd be protected. Uh-huh. <laughs> but bald eagle call maker show. Uh, yeah, the bald eagle. That'd be great. <laughs> I'm still fascinated by old calls, and you know how these guys came about it. You know the turkey crave, as I call it, over the last 35, 40 years has really gone through the roof. When I first started turkeys, it turkey hunting. It was you know, no problem to find plenty of places to hunt and nobody knew about hunting them and but still once again I was very blessed to hang out with some older gentlemen that had set forth 
my progress in it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you got, I, I tricked you into bringing a few of these calls out here. Show show me, or tell me a little bit about what you got and, and run this, it's a box call here. This, this here is a box call made by Roy Stowe. It's a one-sided call. It looks like to be out of mahogany and uh, it's a one-sider. And Roy was an excellent turkey caller. He also, his son, Louis Stowe, is an excellent turkey caller and won numerous competitions and is a uh, excellent call maker in his own right so and what they were saying the apple don't fall far from the tree is yeah. correct in when it comes to Roy and Lewis but that That'll still get turkeys today. Shoot, yeah, it will. I'm real happy about having a bunch of calls from the Eminence, Missouri area. They kind of originated the fence post. And what that means is they go out in the pasture and find an old fence post out of chestnut or locust or whatever. What happened to be a fence post, they were a little bit longer in size, but that area is kind of where the fence post originated and uh, several call makers, Jake McCormick, Dan Searcy, Bill Rogers, Clarence Huffman, Sweeney Rayfield, and a couple other ones, eldermen from that area of the country were known for fence posts, Bud and Cecil Fry. I think that Bud Fry was the one that actually cut down the first fence post and started making a turkey call out of fence posts. That's cool. So this is a Bill, Bill Rogers call. Bill was a, a tugboat captain is what I believe and uh, he done a little bit of artwork on his calls. Yeah. He had hummingbirds and chickadees and that stuff and this is a really good call that he made and it's uh, butternut and black walnut. And it's a good little call. That was a real nice rollover. And as fence post calls go, this is actually a, a shorter than most short boxes, but he's from that area. So fine call maker, very desirable collectible call. Yeah, that's a pretty call. That black walnut on that call is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, uh, other calls like the Turpin family, Tom, Hunter, Steve, Emma Turpin, all those, you know, they've been around for 100 years making turkey calls. Mm -hmm. So anything a Turpin, you know, kind of originated their style, hen boxes, they also make crow calls and yelpers. And yeah. so here's a Hunter Turpin call. We believe this to be the last Turpin that Hunter Turpin ever made. Oh well, wow. okay. So this might be the last one that he ever made. And uh, good thing about Turpin calls, it got that hollow, double note sound. Oh, dang. So it's more of a, Zandy said, more of like a fall call. Yeah. For uh. uh calling turkeys in the fall, which you wanted to call the gobbler because he had the most meat on the bone. So you wanted him in there. Here's another call that uh, was a 
call maker from Georgia that many awards are named after and was a super nice man, would help anybody. His name was Don Clancy. And uh, so the NWTF recognizes Don by a national award given every year in the box call division. Mm -hmm. And uh, this happens to be the 16th call Mr. Clancy ever made. He gave it to me back in 1999. So it's a call style box, and uh, which you know many call makers make a call style box. They're proven have killed many a turkey with one. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the more prominent cost makers uh, or cost style makers is Albert Paul, Lamar Williams, Darren Dawkins, Tim Bullitt. These guys make, you know, as close as you can to a Zach replica. Steve Mann makes them. Uh, yeah. So they've been, you know, and they're a very sought after call, any Neil Coss original calls. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and they can be quite pricey. I mean, from the low end of 750 to over $2,000 for the long boxes. Yeah. So. How, how hard to find are those costs? boxes well uh, actually the there was a, a few come into the show today and they were gobbled up pretty quick as, as time goes on they're getting harder and harder to come by but I mean they're collectible because of who made them right. me personally I prefer like the old Pap Nelson's the uh, stop sign signs by Roy even the old Ashby calls are really collectible a little bit more mass produced. The Lynch calls are still very collectible if they're, you know, before 1970. Mm -hmm. And that's after 1970, they moved to Liberty, Mississippi. Right. Those calls are, you know, still have some value, but they're not near as valuable as the Homewood, Alabama, Edgewood Boulevard. Those calls, you know, still 12 holes, you know. And the thing about Lynch is that, you know, Mike Lynch put a lot of calls together you know and the different ones is you know he might have put one side up upside down had the stamp upside down and you know some of them say caller some of them say call mm -hmm. um, a lot of you know turkeys in the pines these these calls are still very valuable depending on you know everything's condition yeah so but even a, a rough one is still valuable to the you know collectible right so right. Even the little jet slates, you know, a lot of people get confused on there because they're all stamped 1958. But that was not necessarily means that it was made 1958. Right. So a lot of people get confused. And now they're made out of Thomasville, Georgia, and Alan Jenkins took over that uh, company. He was employee of Mr. Lynch's back in the day. So, okay. but I, I still, you know. Collecting calls is it's just like anything. Half the fun is to hunt. That's true. Half the fun is to hunt, and uh, so even some of the call makers today are making calls. These calls that you know specifically the ones made at Unicoi will be heirloom quality calls. Right. I mean, you go to Walmart and buy a twenty twenty five dollar call. 
and kill birds and and, and kill a turkey the yeah. worst turkey caller i ever heard was a turkey <laughs> i thought somebody was trespassing i went over and the thing flew off so <laughs> yeah you know and somebody asked me yesterday he said what's the best turkey call you know i've said the one the turkey likes mm -hmm. so you know you're talking about a bird that has the brain the size of a green pea i love the challenge of trying to hunt something that makes me get up at five in the morning and kicks my butt regularly mm -hmm. and in the back of my mind i'm saying his brain's the size of a green pea and he's whooping you so yep. you know it's that's kind of humbling at times mm -hmm. uh after about four or five days of being humbled yeah so and you it. know you know turkeys are you know the biggest thing about turkey populations is people gotta start practicing a little bit more predator control you know i work in wildlife every day it's part it's what i do for a living and it's critical that we you know Coyotes are a big problem, but raccoons, skunks, possums, you know, the egg eaters. Yeah. And that, that stands true for any feather, ground-laying bird, pheasant, yeah. quail, yeah. I mean, ducks. you got to control the predators if you want sustainable numbers to hunt. Yeah. So it's up to every hunter just to maybe start venturing in into a little predator control. Yeah. It won't hurt, that's for it sure. It won't, won't hurt, you know. Um, 30 years ago, we didn't have many coyotes in my neck of the woods, and now I catch them about every other day or see them run over in the road, and yeah. coyotes are very resourceful. And uh, if you want a challenge, even like turkey hunting, you know, turkey birds can be challenging, but you you catch coyotes consistently, you're doing well. Yeah, yeah. So. No doubt. So, uh, for somebody that might be listening that wants to get into a little bit of call collecting, where would somebody like that start? Obviously, I mean, going to places where you can, like on Facebook's a good resource. Some of these turkey forums are a good resource. Going to garage sales, if you can hit one every now and again, is a good resource. But I'm, I'm, I guess, looking more for. You know, where can somebody get the kind of knowledge that you have about these calls and that kind of thing to know what they're looking at? Where where's it be a good place for starting for something like that? Well, I mean, there's there's several books out now. I mean, Earl's Mickle's books, uh, George Dinkins' books. Uh, as far as collectability and value, the the uh, are good resources to look at. You know, the internet's a a good thing in many ways and then it's an absolute terrible thing in middle, many ways you know anybody that's got an interest in old turkey calls you know like I say half the fun is to hunt and you never know where you're gonna find one mm -hmm. I, I can recall one time I hit a rock in my John boat and I needed somebody to heliarch it because it's aluminum mm -hmm. which is a specialized field yep. and Everybody kept telling me about this man named Mr. Revels. So I pulled it over and told, you know, showed him the big old hole I'd done ripped in the bottom of the John boat. And he said, well, come back a couple days and I'll have her fixed. And so I came there and I was sitting there in his shop and I just looked up on his windowsill 
and there was a lynch turkey in the pines and Mr. Revels at that time was probably in his mid 70s and this is in 1987 mm -hmm. 86 somewhere in that time frame this thing had been sitting on his windowsill for 25 30 years and I asked him I said Mr. Revels I said where did you get that turkey he said I bought that thing he says I ain't been able to turkey hunt because I'm working on these aluminum all the time and so he gave it to me mm. and uh, it had a little sun damage to it but other than that it had never been hunted so I was very fortunate to get that so there you never find them you know flea markets antique stores garage sales yard sales etc yeah. you know that's uh, friends and family and you know, if there's an old hunter in the family, you know, they, he, if he was a, a rounded outdoorsman, you know, he might have turkey calls. Yeah. Same with same with anything, duck calls or crow calls. You know, it helps being in an area where there were old turkeys before. So, yeah, good deal. Well, I appreciate you taking time out of the, away from the show to come over and chat with me. And I appreciate you showing off some of these calls that you have there. Uh, awfully neat and a lot of history and so many of them you know uh, I wish a lot of them could tell us some stories but I appreciate you sharing your your knowledge and information with us and I wish you luck this spring well we appreciate it if anybody uh, has an old turkey call and they want to maybe reach out to me I'd be glad to answer any questions trying to help anybody out yeah how can uh, they find you you can reach me at AA Wildlife S Irish at Yahoo.com. You know, if I can answer any questions, send me a picture, I'll tell you what it, what I think about it and yeah. you know if it's worth saving. So very good. Awesome. Thank you, Sean. Good luck to you the rest of the show and safe travels getting home. Well, thank you. All right. All right. Another really nice guy, just an interesting character. And that was my first time to actually meet and talk to Sean. So from nice. what I understand, I got him to behave pretty well because <laughs> he doesn't necessarily do that all the time. So don't know what I did, but it must have been right. Yeah, that sounds great. I, the, the more I'm listening to these, I'm like, I got to go to this show one of these years. Yeah, definitely. Well, it needs to be next year. Yeah, it's just, you know, truck the smack middle of duck season, but. I'll probably try to make it work. There's no ducks anymore anyway. That's right. That's right. Well, cool. Did you end up getting a call from Sean? I did not. I don't think I can afford any of okay. Sean's callers. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I got you. <laughs> yeah. They're real custom. They're not just custom, but they're extremely unique, and he's got some really old ones as well. And so, you know, that was... Very cool. Yeah, that was cool. Just looking at a lot of the... The history and the craftsmanship that went into making those really old calls is just, you know, it's amazing. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure when the CNC machine was invented, but it was after a lot of these turkey calls that Sean has in his collection. I can promise you that. Yeah. Where did you move off to after you talked to Sean? After I talked with Sean, I spent some time with one of the most interesting characters at the show, a gentleman by the name of Brian Lauder with deadly attraction calls and Brian makes all sorts of calls 
He makes some great sounding turkey callers. He makes deer grunts, bleats. He makes crow calls. And while I'm on that topic, that is actually what I grabbed him out of the show to interview him about was crow calls. Huh. Yeah. I'm, you know, there's turkey callers all in that show. It's a custom turkey call maker show. So you expect a bunch of turkey calls in there. Yeah. And there were, I think, two call makers out of all of them that were there this year, custom crow calls. So Brian is one of the two call makers who was at the show that sells crow calls. And, you know, I, I just thought he'd be a good interview because, you know, I think the majority of people who turkey hunt have your production style crow calls that you can pick up at Bass Pro, yeah. you can pick up at Walmart. Bucks. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, and you and I know because we've listened to enough of them on public ground, and I know a lot of the listeners have listened to enough <laughs> of them on public ground that so many of them don't even sound like crows. Absolutely. I will guarantee you, if you pick up a Brian Lauder crow call, it's going to sound like a crow. And uh, so, if it sounds anything like yours that you usually blow, uh, and you said it, he learned from your call manufacturer that it, it ought to be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. He learned from one of the best crow call makers out there and and a darn good turkey call maker as well but brian learned from one of the best crow call makers out there and so let's listen to this interview with brian we get back i'm going to blow this crow call and I, i want i want everyone listening to pay attention to this interview we'll see you guys on the other side see you on the other side hey everybody i'm sitting here with brian lauder with deadly attraction game calls and we're outside the the main room there at unicoi and you know i wanted to get brian out here and talk to him today well i'm gonna let a little cat out of the bag and i shouldn't do it because it's a secret that i have that helps me to kill more turkeys and that is locating turkeys because they're awfully hard to kill if you can't find them and i've got one of brian's crow calls over here we're going to talk about crow calls even though he makes and sells all kinds of turkey calls he makes and sells deer calls and he makes and sells all sorts of calls but the man has a crow call that if i had my back turned to him i would have sworn it was a crow and so i just wanted to talk to him a little bit about it and get him to tell us a little bit about how he got into making a crow call because so many of these there's a lot of great call makers in this show and so many of them don't make crow calls i mean you're like maybe one percent maybe five percent of the entire group that makes a crow call pre-covid normal show this show probably has if you count the buckners when the buckners were here too you got probably the five best crow call makers in the country and I may hurt somebody's feelings, and if I do, I'm sure you make a great call. But <laughs> you had Daryl Gibson, you had Bob and Michael Buckner, which they're not, they don't come anymore. I don't think they're doing calls anymore, but they made a great call. You got uh, Chad Scruggs, and you got Daryl Gosey, and you got myself selling crow calls in that room, normally, normally. And in the past, when I come up here, because I was in a room with people that had great calls, no doubt the best crow calls in the country. I didn't push my crow call. 
because I made so many a variety, such, a, such a variety of calls that I didn't right. need to beat and bang with talented guys with great calls over crow call customers. Yeah. And I concentrate now this weekend. I think there's two crow calls in the room. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. yeah. I think it's mine and one back in the corner. And uh, so I have ran crow calls, you know, and it's been a good show for crow calls. It really has. But uh, I will say that I appreciate everybody that came out in this COVID era yeah. and uh, decided to breathe a little bit and live a little bit, which we should all do, by the way. Uh, Amen. You know. But talking about crow calls, Daryl Gibson and the Buckners been doing it for 40 years. And I grew up close to Daryl. And when I got into call making, it was because I had seen, uh, through the years, I'd seen Daryl go to shows and he built calls, and I thought it was the coolest thing to ever been. You know, I thought, man, he's got the, this is, that's the greatest thing he's ever been because he gets to build the stuff, t does the stuff that he loves to do, and he sells them. And so I think he recognized that, and he helped me, subtly helped me get into it. Mm -hmm. And uh, then he finally told me one day, he said, you want to learn how to build a good crow call? Because what I had was not a good crow call. And I recognized that. It was a locator call. There's a difference. Yeah. There is an absolutely a difference. There's a lot of guys that make locators. There's a handful of guys that make a true crow call that will locate turkeys. Right. And, you know, and, and one of the things that really, if you want to locate turkeys, the best way to do it is get a good crow call and fire up your local crows, and they will locate for you and then you can have the calling away from you and you can hear the gobble if I'm running the call when it gobbles I can't hear it and so you want to you want to actually call to a turkey you want to get them fired up they're you know they get riled up and they'll go to raising cane and then if that turkey don't gobble at them real crows he probably wasn't gonna gobble at you no way right you know yeah but you give yourself your best chance but yeah this this show has always been a wealth of crow calls. I mean, if you want to buy a good crow call, you had multiple people you could buy it from, and guaranteed they'll work. Yeah. You know, they're, they're what you want. But I think, too, there's a lot of versatility to a crow call people don't realize. Uh, you can do a lot of other sounds besides just a crow on that call. I heard a, I heard a fellow earlier, Steve Savage from Alabama, who's a big fan of my crow calls, he did a woodpecker. I'd never heard anybody do a pleated woodpecker on yeah. it, and it was very, very realistic. Yeah. It, was, it was impressive. And I'm going to go see him later, and if we're, if he's still able to talk when I get there. Uh, it's Saturday <laughs> night, and he's from Alabama. When uh, when we get, uh, I'm going to get him to show me what, how he's putting the iron that call to get that woodpecker, because that was something that would be really handy. Yeah. And I think you had mentioned you run a goose call sometimes, yeah. and that's something that people should consider, because it's just like turkey calls. You can play the prettiest call you got, prettiest sounding call you got in your bag, and they don't, nobody won't have nothing to do with you. And then you run another call that's got a different pitch, and everybody wants to be your friend. Mm -hmm. And same way with locators. Some days they'll hit on a goose, they, and they won't touch a crow. Sometimes they'll, they'll do an owl, and they won't touch a crow. The one thing about a crow call is consistently throughout the day, crows do make noise. Mm -hmm. And so you sound realistic when you're doing it. And I, I do think you need to sound as close to what you're trying to emulate as possible. Right. Uh, I don't think, and a, a lot of people overthink on, on turkeys and deer, anything. It's not that they're so smart that they can pick up on that's a call. It's just that they're so simple-minded that that don't sound right. If you get what I'm saying. Sure. It's not that yeah. they analyze us. Yeah. 
If they could do that, we couldn't possibly kill them. You know, but if you if you lived if we lived our lives 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, as something wanting to make us a meal, we might be a little spooky too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and it comes from the ground and from from the iron everywhere else. But uh, definitely, I would I would say a crow call should be in your vest, and it's not always going to work, but nothing does. If we ever come up with something that works every time, it's going to not be fun to hunt anymore. We need to burn it. Yeah, because you need to get beat. You need to get beat. That that invented it. Yeah, you need to get beat every once in a while. That's what makes it. That's what makes it gratifying when you win. Right. You know, and if you can't take defeat and disappointment, don't get into hunting. Because they will humble you. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> it's just like fish. Sometimes they don't bite. Yeah, yeah. Or you showed me something with your crow call that I've never seen before. So do you have? did you bring one with you? Yeah. All right. So I want you to run run this call. and You want me to stop it off when I can switch it to a different, to just, a different animal? Just do something different okay, with it. Okay, I'll do something different. Right. I'm, I'm going to back a little yeah, bit. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to hold the microphone right up to you. I can, I'm just sitting here thinking back. Seems to me that I've spent a day or a few hundred in the woods where I've heard crows just giving a hawk teetotal, you know what, just aggravating the devil out of that hawk. And I can think of more than a handful of times when I've heard that happen, and off in the distance I'll hear it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And to have that in one call, well, that's now, pretty now, special. Now to say a little bit about them crows giving that hawk a hard time, and you think, man, them crows are just bullies. I watched five crows in a tree, and I was deer hunting. And they came in, and they were sitting in a tree. Well, there was a small hawk, what they call a chicken hawk. Mm-hmm. It was already in there when they came, and he just sat still. And they didn't know he was there. And I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, man, when he lets them see them, they're going to get all over him, you know, and it was five on one. Well, hell, he, he sailed off a limb and knocked a crow off the limb. Really? Sailed through him and hit a limb and just locked down. Well, they didn't know where he went. And now they're really raising cane. And he sit there till they got still, and he did that for about ten minutes. This hawk knocked, individually knocked crows <laughs> off of limbs. You know, and I thought, now I understand. <laughs> it's a two-way street, brother. <laughs> so the hawk ain't always the victim. Yeah, you yeah, know, which yeah. is which is good to know. But yeah, going back to what you said, you're shock gobbling them anyway. And so if you hit them with a crow and they don't hit on it, and then you hit them with that hawk whistle, changing pitches and changing into what seems like a scenario for a fight fixing to happen. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they will gobble. You know? mm-hmm. So it, it, you don't want to ever want to limit your tools. And, and I had a guy that's been getting calls off of me and he kills a lot of game. And, and I never really thought of it, but he put it to me. He said, it don't never hurt to have a lot of tools in your box. Yep. And that's all they are, tools. Yep. You know? no, you're exactly right. Yeah, and uh, so if you use them Sparingly, I wouldn't hammer on them because it's not necessary. If they don't hit it a time, after a time or two, move along. Yeah. But uh, you know, there's there's a lot of lot of different. Me and you were discussing a lot of different locator calls. You know, and some people use a coyote howler, and and I have a coyote howler that I make. I have never tried to locate a turkey with it because 
somehow in my mind sounding like a predator and then kind of trying to call a game species to me doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But I but I'm overthinking a turkey again probably. Yeah. You know, because I don't know if I don't know if that registers in his mind or not. But if it don't, he could end up somebody's dinner. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> yeah, very true. You know, I came up to your table and was looking at your crow calls, and anybody can go into Walmart and pick up a crow call. Yes, sir. You can order one off Cabela's or Bass Pro, have it at the house in four or five days, and sound good enough to make a turkey gobble absolutely. a lot of times absolutely it's, it's, a, it's a shop gobble so you can do that you can buy you know you can buy a plastic crow call and I, I equated this one time to okay you're going to a dance do you want to ride to the dance in a old beat up Volkswagen which would be the cheap call from over at Walmart or do you want to ride in a fine vehicle maybe a sports car or a luxury vehicle then you go buy a custom call yeah and almost every call maker that I know that make custom calls. I want to sell you a call that if you have children, you pass to your children and they pass to their children. And years from now, that call's still in service because it was made well. Yeah. And it's going to last. Yeah. And, you know, the molded in China, $15, $12 crow call that you get over Walmart, while it will function, it will not last that long. That's, that's guaranteed. And, and also, you know, I, I want to build a call that if it falls out of your vest, you don't just say, I'll go get another one. You go back and find it. Because oh, you like it. Because yeah. you like yeah. it so much you don't want to walk off and leave it. Yeah. You know. And, and I believe most of the custom call makers are in that same boat, that they want you to have something that you can pass on and, and you know, something that's worth paying the extra to have. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, if a person goes and looks to buy custom calls, one of the first questions they should ask is, how long have you been doing this? If a person has been doing it for 10 or 15 years and they're still doing it, that means they make quality stuff because they're still around. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that somebody just started doing it don't have some great stuff, so you need to still look at them. Right, yeah. But for sure, if a guy's been around more than 10 years and he's still building calls, he's probably got the hang of it. And he's fooled enough people if he ain't got the hang of it to stay around. Yeah. You know. Because it can be just like any other hobby or, or business or whatever you want to call it. A lot of it, a lot of the call making is a, is a sideline. They got other jobs, you know, they work and everything. And uh, it can be a money pit like dirt track racing. Fun. Mm -hmm. But you ain't never made no money at right. it. You're going to tie your right. car up about every week. Right. And, you know, and so it's, it's, a, it's a money hole. Call making can be too if you don't have customers, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And uh, so... Well. There's not any, it, at this particular show, now you go to, you know, like we do the Dixie Deer Classic in Raleigh every year. There'll be 26, 27 call makers there. More than that here when everybody's here. Right, in the regular year. But, yeah. but it's, this is a gathering of, there's no junk in the room. If they sit in this room, they make good stuff. Guys that, are, guys that have been around, some of them been around, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like middle of the road. I've been in, at it for 15 years. And some guys, some of those guys have been at 40, 50 years. Ain't yeah. no doubt they make good stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but when I first started turkey hunting years ago, I just bought a call from Bass Pro or something like that, yep. and it was a call. And and in no way am I knocking it because I'm about to say something really good about it. But I bought a Primos call, mm -hmm. and you know, along with all my other production, mass produced 
turkey calls, which is what most people do when they first get into something. You know, you're going to go a little bit cheaper route. You can kill turkeys with that. Oh, absolutely. That crow call would make turkeys gobble. Absolutely. It it would make, I mean, it, and it sounded like a a dang crow. Yeah. Well, I lost it. You know, it never happens. You you ever lost anything, any of your calls in the wood? So I lost it, and I said, I want to buy one just like it because I hunt with buddies and they got crow calls and theirs just don't sound any anywhere near as good as that one did. I couldn't find that call anywhere. So I bought another one made by Primos and it would not make turkeys gobble. It was the weirdest thing. I, I could call in, you know, a couple of crows or two with it, but it just would not get a turkey to shot gobble. Yep. And I carried that call around with me for about four or five years, and I finally said, you know, I'm throwing it in the trash. And the reason I'm throwing it in the trash is, you know, if you're going to shoot a couple of crows, it's fine. But I want it to make turkeys gobble, and it's not making them gobble. And if I have it in my vest, I'm not going to think I need a, a new crow call. But if I throw it in the trash, I need a new crow call. So I did it. I did that. And I bought a custom made crow call and now i'm not only making turkeys gobble but i'm calling in the crows and not just one or two i'm talking 15 20 and they're raising cane and i can slip off a little bit and they're still making noise and then the flip side of that is every time i blow that crow call if i'm hunting with a buddy they always kind of look over there at me and go wow that thing sounds good. Yeah, you got a lot of power. Yeah, and that, that's one of Daryl's calls, right? Yeah. That that the original the, the original custom call you bought was one of Daryl's, and you know you're not gonna get a better call, crow call in the country. That Daryl made fine stuff, and and he was. We were fortunate enough. I live in Rutherford County, North Carolina, and, and very strong turkey, uh, or turkey call making group there, and also strong crow call making group there, and. We were fortunate enough that Daryl decided to share the knowledge of building a truly great crow call with three or four of us before it just died away. Yeah. You know, and and that is a anybody that's got a special a, a, a special talent or or anything like that, and you've spent years at it, and you've learned a lot of stuff over the years. Consider doing that because all that you've put into it if you don't show somebody will be gone when you're gone and that's a shame yeah you know absolutely and and you know like i say we were fortunate that he helped us and 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 showed us some stuff and then we've all built on that you know yeah you can buy you can buy chad's call and 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 it's a good call and and then you can buy my call and it's a good call and even though we were shown both shown by daryl there'll be subtle differences in the way chad's and my uh, mind sounds, sure. you know, what, what's good to his ear, what's good to my ear, and same way with Darrell Gosey, I mean, Darrell's worked with him, and, and same deal, and uh, I've noticed when I look at each of their barrels, and I look at my barrel, we have similarities, but Darrell made several different models of crow calls, and, it, and one thing that was, is interesting is every one of us has emulated a certain style, and none of them was the same, we never, yeah. none of us got on the yeah. same style call, yeah. you know, and 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 that's and and that's a good thing too because it keeps the whole catalog of what he did going. All right. You know, but I did I did find it amusing that out of three people and the same guy showing them, not one of the three picked the same style call to be the one they made the most of. Yeah. 
But yeah, Rutherford County, we got uh, ML Walker was a co-call maker from Rutherford County early, early, early years of call making. Uh, he was building crow calls during the Tom, some of the Tom Turpin time, you know, when okay. Tom was still selling yeah. crow calls. And so he was an old, old timey crow. All his had wooden mouthpieces. He never made a call with a plastic mouthpiece. <clears throat> wooden mouthpiece crow calls are, are great and it's nostalgic and it's what used to be. Yeah. But I'll say this about if you're sticking wood in your mouth and I don't care, you can treat it, you can do what you want to it. You stick it in your mouth, you're blowing in it, it's drying out, you're just letting it sit for a year, you blow in it, it dries out. It will eventually move. Yeah. And that call will not be what it was when you got it. I ain't saying don't buy a wooden crow call because they're great instruments, they really are. And like I say, it's nostalgia. But when you get into the composite mouthpieces and, and, and the different plastic mouthpieces, if they're tuned properly, they will outperform the wood. They got more volume. Mm -hmm. They don't move. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it'll last you from now on if you don't break them. You yeah. know? And the good thing is, is if you do break them, uh, like I've I have had guys come up at shows that had a mouthpiece, and it was out of out of Daryl's call, and they dropped it and broke a piece off of it. Well, I can I can replace that. Right. With a very similarly tuned mouthpiece because we use all use the same mouthpieces, and uh, I've done that. You know, and Daryl guarantees his, I guarantee mine. You know, if, if you break it, I'll fix it. There's been uh, been a lot, a lot of first places in call making competitions out of just that style of call. Yeah. You know, me, Chad, uh, Gosey's won, you know, the Buckners won it for. Now, there's a wooden mouthpiece pro call also, the Buckners, and uh, I think they won the Grand Nationals five or six times in a row. And then in 11, I, I entered and, and I beat them and broke their string. And well, at least we kept it in our hometown and we, we passed it back and forth. Chad's won it three times. And so Rutherford County is very strong on uh, in the crow call. And turkey calls in general, yeah, Tim Bullock. Tim yeah. Bullock uh, builds a great boss call, wonderful trough call, uh, scratch boxes. You know, he, he came into it. I watched him get into it. And I watched him go from he wanted to build them and was trying to build them to he was building them. And he, mm -hmm. make, he, makes, great, he makes great stuff. There's, you know, like in our particular area in North Carolina, there's a lot of, a lot of really talented call makers. Uh, so, you know, one thing about it, you buy a call that's made by a custom call maker, it's USA. Yeah. You know, it's American yeah. made. You know, might be some South American wood because that stuff's pretty. Right, it is. Pretty. <laughs> that stuff's it's pretty, tough, too. but but it speaks it speaks English. It don't you know? So I seen a guy blowing one earlier. I think he was doing it in Spanish, but you know, but it's the exotic woods are beautiful. Yeah, we got some beautiful domestic woods here in in, in North America as well. But the thing I think the main thing that people need to consider is it's an investment. If you yeah. buy a crow call or you buy a turkey call. Uh, Normally, if, especially if it's from somebody that stays around and stays in the business, it'll increase in value. That stuff goes up, yeah. you know. And uh, I, I told a fellow earlier, he bought a boss call, and I said, nice sounding call from a great call maker. And I said, if you don't kill a turkey with this spring, I'll buy it from you once the turkey season's over with. I said, of course, a turkey call that didn't call a turkey ain't worth what you paid for it, but <laughs> I'll be glad to buy it from you. <laughs> because it, it was a fine turkey call, you know. But, yeah. If anybody, you know, if any, if anybody's interested in a crow call, there's a there's a bunch of good makers you can, you know, that you can get a quality call from. Uh, 
you know, down in my area, and, and I'll be glad to help you with a crow call. And tell you a little bit about, you know, you you can talk to you can talk to you can't talk Primos on the phone, but you can talk to Brian on the phone, and he can tell you a little bit about how he blows it, you know. Growl into it to get that growl, and I'll tell you something: if you want to fire the crows up, growl into it because they can't take it; they can't stand the growl. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So tell everybody how they can get in touch with you if they want some more information or or want to take a look at your calls, whether they're crow calls or turkey calls or deer calls or whatever they they might have an interest in. Yes, sir, we got. Uh, I'm at, I'm in Forest City, North Carolina, uh, which. You know, small, small town. But I've got a website, deadlytrashandgamecalls.com. You can reach me on the phone, and, and if you want to talk about something, at 828-980-1226. And I answer the phone because, you know, most of the time it's somebody wants to talk about calls, and I like doing that. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a good life. But, uh, yeah, if, anybody, if anybody's interested in anything, and even if you have a question about where you can get a call, and, and I can send you towards somebody else. You know, I'm glad to do that too because, you know, there's some really talented people making calls. Yeah. You get out and look for it, you can find about anything you want, and you know, reasonably priced. It ain't gonna, it ain't gonna be molded in China price, but you ain't getting right. a molded in China part either. Right. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Well, and I, I'll say, I spent about 20 bucks more for the call I bought from you than I would have spent buying it from Cabela's or. Yep. Bass Pro or Walmart or something like that, and I got something that I'd be proud to show off, and something that I'm gonna promise you sounds a heck of a lot better than anything I can get from there. Well, I'm a mechanic by trade also, and you can buy a Snap-on or you can buy a Taiwan. And if the Snap-on man stuff tires up, he replaces it because it's lifetime guaranteed. If the Taiwan stuff tires up, and it will, you throw it in the trash and you go buy nothing. Yeah. Same way with these calls, you can't get a. If you buy a production call from Walmart or from Bass Pro or anywhere like that, and if you do, that's fine, that's great. But have a problem with it and tell me you talked to a live individual and got it worked out. Yeah. And tell, tell me you talked to the people that mold, that sold that call to you that was molded and, and they worked it out. Yeah. You buy a call from just about anybody I know that makes custom stuff and you have a problem with it, they're going to fix it for you. Somehow, some way, we're going to get everybody happy. No doubt. You know, and uh, so it's a little extra, but you're getting a lot more. And uh, at the end of the day, if it helps you kill a turkey, it's worth twenty dollars, wasn't it? All day long. <laughs> yes, sir. All day long, Brian. Thank you, man. I've enjoyed chatting with you for as we chatted for a good while before I fired up the the recorder. Well, so I've right. enjoyed that. There's one thing that anybody that knows me will tell you: I don't mind talking. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Cameron. So listen to this crow call. Let's hear it. I'm going to step away from the microphone again, so I'm Please. taking my earplugs out. <laughs> Please. I just thought about that. All right. Please step a good if, ways back. If you're talking to me, I can't hear you. I'm taking the earphone, earphones out of my ears. Hang on. Okay. So... With this crow call, you can also make a hawk call. Oh. Well, Brian can. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys heard him in that interview. That hawk call he made was with that crow call. And Very cool. Yeah. So to have that ability to make those two sounds with one call and both of those sounds, as we know, will make a turkey gobble. Yeah. Awesome. Just awesome. 
Yeah. You know, I, I carry micro call with me everywhere. Yes, you do. Everywhere. I carry it to work with me. Yeah. Sleep with me at night. Church. It just is always with me. Yeah. Yeah. I carry it to church. Yeah. It even went on your honeymoon with you. It, it did. <laughs> <laughs> Most guys would have left their crow call at home for their honeymoon, but not Cameron. I, I can't get rid of mine. Mm-hmm. I, I think I just rather live with it, you know? Yeah. Well, can your crow call make a hawk screech? I probably could, but I haven't conditioned it to do that yet. I'll have okay. to, that'll be my next project on the natural voice front. Yeah, yeah. Well, I picked up a few more calls while I was at the show. Like, picked them up, paid money for them, and brought them home, picked them up. Nice. And I've got a little scratch box here that oh i love a good scratch box you make it sound right it does just sound so good they do sound good well this one is from rut and strut game calls and that's tim sanford and he's in orlando florida now this thing's not chalked i'm going to try to make it play as is so it may sound not like a turkey caller but we'll we'll see here let's see if i can make it play with no chalk let's hear it Okay, so that's a little scratch box I picked up. One of the things I really like about that scratch box is it literally is about the size of a bar of travel soap. Oh, wow. That's really nice. Yeah. So that joker is going everywhere with me. Oh, yeah. I like a good scratch box. I need to get one to carry in the old vest. Yeah. It's something different, you know, and I mean, just a different sound all the way around. Yeah. So the next call I picked up and brought home with me is from a call maker named Larry Stevens. And this is a long box. I have wanted a long box for years and have never bought one because they're long. <laughs> no. It is the opposite <laughs> of the scratch box that I just told you about. But this I thing, can't believe it's long. Man. I just yeah. can't believe that. Yeah. That's yeah. shocking news. It it really is. It really is. So this is a Catalox paddle over black limba box. The handle is leather wrapped. This call is beautiful. I mean, it is it is a piece of art. And I'm going to try to play this thing. I'm going to run this call, and then I'm going to tell you a little story. Let's hear it. All right. So one of the things that I really like about Unicoi is you're just not going to get this anywhere else. But I sat there with Larry Stevens for well over 20 minutes trying to get this call to play correctly. We went through every single call that he had on his table, every single one of them. And he worked with me and worked with me and worked with me. Now, I've reverted back to my old ways of running a lynch style call with a spring in the screw between the lid and the the box on the screw and you know i've got to sit down and really get back to practicing with this call 
I also need to chalk it back up because I've worked it over pretty well. But this thing, it's it's a beautiful call. It is going to reach out and touch them. And yeah. I do plan on taking this thing in the woods with me this spring and seeing if I can use it to locate some birds. Now, Larry swears that I can finish a bird with it, but I've got to be able to, to start one with it first. So yeah. I, I need to need to practice with this one a little bit more. That sounds pretty dang good. I like that. So I like we, that a lot. We will see. We will see. Yeah. But it's you know a good box. I've I've had more hens, real hens, where I've heard them and thought, oh, it's somebody playing a box, and then a real hen walks up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it, a good box can replicate the sound of a of a wild turkey hen pretty dang good. Yes, indeed. So I'm pretty sure you've seen some of the calls that I bought from Knockout Custom Calls. They're over in Cochrane, Georgia. But those are the guys that make these beautiful turkey calls, and they're made out of stone. And, you know, kind of like slate is a rock, these are made out of rocks, except they're made out of rare rocks. So I've got in my hand right now a pot that's made out of sawtooth oak. Wow. Sawtooth oak. Cameron, it's yeah. one of the prettiest pieces of wood you'll ever see. Really? It it really I need to send you a picture of this turkey call. Yeah. This piece of you wood is so unique and so pretty. It's amazing. And so the surface on this call is mahogany obsidian. So I'm gonna run this wow. one. What is, is that like mahogany obsidian? Is that a petrified wood? Well, it's not petrified wood. It It is rock, but the reason it's called mahogany obsidian is that it has some mahogany coloration in it. So this call is, the surface of this call nice. is black, and it's got some brown streaks in it. It's really just awfully cool looking. So let me run this one for you real quick. Well, let's hear it. That's a call that I really like. I've gobbled a call. I've, I've had to hold in my own gobbles. I mean, my gosh. Here's here's my dilemma. So I picked up three pot and peg calls from Knockout Custom Calls. Two of these are going to be a gift for two guys, Me. or I should say uh, going to be gifts for two guys who did some work for a homeowners association that I'm a member of. And really? I didn't. I didn't do anything with that. 
so. <laughs> so I'm trying to decide. You see how I just completely ignored you? Yeah. I'm yeah, trying yeah. to decide which of these three I'm going to keep because one of them is mine. Whatever one you just played will kill turkeys. Oh, well, here go the other two. This collar right here is the pot is made of curly maple. And the surface is leopard skin jasper. Good Lord. All right. And so I'm going to scratch the surface up again and play this one for you. Now, most of these surfaces are like glass. They're really, really hard. So here's leopard skin jasper with a curly maple pot. front end on that call yeah that one's that one sounds like an old hen out there i like well i i, I like them all but i like that yeah. caller there Man, that that, front end on that call is ridiculous that purr both of them purr really well yeah so i've got to reach over here and grab their third pot and peg that i bought from them this one Boy. is gold pot with a diamond inlaid rock <laughs> they can make it i bet they could these guys can make it i will promise you all right this is a blood wood pot beautiful i mean red and I, brown golden colors too i mean it's just beautiful. i just like the name of that it sounds like it's ready to kill it is ready to kill there's no question Bloodwood pot with picture rock jasper so the stone in this one i mean all the calls that these guys make are just they don't call them knockout custom calls for no reason yeah they're knockout calls you can put these on your mantle when it's not turkey season and you can certainly call in and kill turkeys with them i know that for a fact yeah well let's hear the bloodwood all right here we go see my dilemma i'll be happy with any of the three so I'm you know just... whichever one you want to part with it's fine i'll take the bloodwood you know if you want to give me that one that's good i'm just trying to figure out which of these three which two of these three i hate the most man the that last we played that didn't even sound good at all i would i wouldn't give that to anybody you just send it to me uh you know my address you send it to me i'll try to tune it for you or something you know it, it just needs a it needs a new home yeah it it does it's <laughs> and you know the thing about sending it to you is that i know that you will put it out of its misery in a proper manner 
Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I can trust exactly. you to burn the flag, not just throw it in the trash. Yeah, yeah. No, I would, I'd take good care of it, you know, but on a serious note, those all three do sound absurd. I mean, they would all kill turkeys. The blood one sounded more more like a glass call almost to me, and yes. the and the second one sounded more like a slate call, and the first one was almost like a hybrid between the two. It's kind of yeah. you you took it all the levels there. So I mean, they'll all three kill turkeys for sure. Yeah, there's no question about it. So last one I get to play for you today. Let's hear it. I've already said this, but another thing I really love about Unicoi is not just getting to chat with all the call makers, but getting to talk to all of the people that are there to buy calls. And you just meet some really interesting folks at these shows. So I met this gentleman from South Carolina, and he and I got to, of course, talking about turkey calls. What else do you talk about? So we're there chatting, and he's Got all these, yeah, he had a satchel full of calls that he had picked up that day. And he said, he went through and he played a bunch of them for me, just showing me what all he got. We talked for 30 minutes outside in the freezing cold. And he pulls out this little call and he says, this is a call that I really like. He said, you know, one thing that I like about these turkey calls like this is I like to just buy a handful of these and when I take somebody hunting for the first time and I let them run one of these calls and you know I kind of teach them how to do it yeah you know do this hold the call this way and all right you're, you're getting it you're getting close you're getting close that's it just that's it right there make that call and you can get a turkey to gobble making that exact sound right there and he said after I do that when they go to hand that call back to me I tell them they can't they just have to keep it. It's theirs. And he said, you know, you, you give a call like this. He said, this is not an expensive call, but you give a call like this to a kid and you watch that kid's face light up. Yeah. And you think that you don't make an impression on that kid and make them want to go hunting because now they've got a call and they want to try to make a turkey gobble with it. He said, so he said, these little calls right here, I love these calls. You can get real soft on them. And he, he just gets the call and he goes, This is a little slate call. It's called a pocket slate. It's made huh. by AOK Calls. This gentleman that sounds good, man. We finished our conversation. I walked back inside, and he went to go get in his car and leave. Ten minutes later, I feel somebody tapping me on the shoulder. I turn around and look, and it's him. He says, "I enjoyed our conversation. I want you to have this call." Wow. And so this little thing right here, one of the things that I really like about it is the bottom of it is open. And so if I want to just make a muffled call, maybe, you know, something real yeah, quiet. Tree call or something. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Sleepy old hen right there. Yeah, that sounds just like a tree call. Holy or cow. If I want to get loud on it, I can come off of the bottom of it and open that up a little bit more. Yeah. Whoop. Don't make a cluck Ooh. like that. She's... 
and I'm not 100% sure, Cameron, because I haven't played with it enough, but I'm going to try something real quick. Am I sounding anything like a gobbler yelp? Yeah, I think that sounds pretty good. Might be a little honky right there. You want it to be honky, though. We're going to try this one out in about 22 days. I like it. I like that plan. So, that's it. You just never know what you're going to get at Unicor. You may just have a stranger tap you on the shoulder and say, here, I want you to have this call. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So, next year, you better put it on the calendar. It's going to be, I think, the second weekend in January. Just make it happen. I expect to see you and Audrey up there at Unicoi. We'll have a good time. Yeah. I'm going to probably try to make it next year for sure. You need to. So, very cool. Well, I enjoyed running through some of those calls for you guys today. I enjoyed replaying some of those interviews and let any of those guys know if you call them or contact them about buying a call from them. Let them know that you heard about them on the Turkey Hunter podcast. And that's the favor of the week for sure. That's favor number one of the week. Favor number two of the week is share this week's episode for us because free the first free one in over four years where you get to hear the entire episode for zero dollars. Dollars. I like Mm -hmm. it. So do those two favors for us. And please next week we've got a great show for you. So you're gonna want to tune in for that one as well. And so let's wrap this thing up and bring it on home, Cameron. Bring us around. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.